Christianity conversations are, can be unhelpful. They can be discouraging. But when we talk about being transformed into Jesus, it's a totally different thing. It's like we, we have the, the very best example in the Word of God, right through the Word of God, of what it is to be holy. And you and I, when we come to Christ, we're not expected to be Jesus, but we are expected to be on a journey to be transformed into the image of Christ, become more like Christ. We're not going to get it right. We're not Jesus. But the truth is, is that we should have that in our minds all the time, that we are to be transformed on this earth, not to be walking this earth like a chameleon, blending into whatever environment God takes us into, but to stand out and go, wow, you're different. It happened to me the other day. I was actually in one of my favorite places to go, Diamond Medispa, and I was actually talking to a girl about what I do as a pastor. And she said, wow, you are different. There's something different about you. And I just went, yeah, I know, it's called Jesus. Jesus, and you can have him too if you want him. I remember the look on her face and her mind was ticking over and she said, how do you find this Jesus? So we had a conversation about that, praying for her right now. And I'm hoping that you guys have people like that, that God brings you past to share that same gospel. Because if we are transformed, he's expecting us to help others to transform through him working in and through us. You know, we're being transformed into the image of Jesus day by day, decision by decision, Challenge by challenge and trial by trial. I said that every test brings a testimony if you walk through it right. It becomes a testimony for the glory of God. Exactly like Ben and Jacinta. Jacinta wasn't up with Ben. But exactly like their testimony. This doesn't mean we have to have everything in our lives perfect right now. But we need to be willing to change, to be more like Jesus and to walk in the fruit of Jesus, manifesting the spiritual gifts that I've been preaching on. And no, I haven't forgotten the next spiritual gifts, which are, you know, the, the gift of healing and also the gift of power, which oh, I'm moving through the gifts of power, but the gift of healing and the gift of miracles, which I haven't forgotten. And I will pick them up next year. You know, in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I've got this today to show you. Thanks, Andrew. I've been crucified with Christ. That is, in him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Isn't that incredible verse that we tend to skim over? I think of Colin Buchanan. Anyone here a Colin Buchanan fan? Put your hand up. I have been crucified with Christ. Come on. And I, okay. I love that song. I remember that blasting in our car all the time and the kids used to sing it. It's so good. But when I think about the word transformed, now look, don't shoot the messenger. I think of one of my favorite series of movies. In fact, I used to take my kids, we all did, Stephen, me, the kids, any, any new movie came out from this particular series, we would all go. And the, and the movie is Transformers. Who here put your hand up you like that, those series of movies? Come on. Come on, be honest. Oh, good. I'm not alone. I have seen all the series of Transformers. But Transformers were vehicles or cars 
who became some sort of a robot to basically save the world. Jesus, of course, is not a robot, okay? He is the Messiah. He is God in flesh. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. But we can see Jesus through this example I'm going to give you. Now, hang on, all right? I'm not bringing Jesus into the movie of Transform. Side note, if you ever go to Singapore and you go to Santorini, or Santorini, I think it is, that's it. And if you go to to, um, the studios, Universal, you've got to go on that Transformers ride, man. It, It will pull your wig off. Trust me. It is one of the most amazing 5D rides I have been on my whole life. And thank goodness I didn't need a pad because I might have if I knew what was that ride was going to be. Like, you have to go on it. And when you do, you talk to me about it afterwards. It was literally Optimus Prime picks you up in this car. You travel through different rooms. Have you guys been there? Just thinking you might have. Did you go on the ride? Oh. And you go from room to room and there's, there's 5D, right? So there's music, there's, there's wind, there's rain, there's, it's all going on. And then next thing you know, Optimus Prime picks you up, anyone who knows the movie, and jumps you straight off a building. And you literally feel like you're falling. It's crazy. You've got to go. It's amazing. Anyway, back to my preaching. Okay. You see, Transformers the movie has an interesting twist. Not unlike Lucifer, cast out of heaven to earth, causing havoc then Jesus being sent to the world to save it from the devil's schemes. Now hang in there with me. In the movie Transformers, the story was that there was an ancient struggle between two Cybertronian races. Okay, and I know these people are going to yell them out in a minute. The heroic Autobots, that's it. And the evil Decepticons, correct. The battle makes its way to earth, not unlike the battle between good and bad with Jesus and Lucifer, that dirty, filthy. Anyway, let's not go there. Um, Anyway, so Autobots came to save the world from the battle, brought to earth, believing for a better tomorrow. However, the Autobot Transformers knew that it would only cause destruction on the world. But you know what? In every movie they won. So it was so cool. Anyway, anyway, not unlike Jesus, who wins over the enemy any time. He's already won. The battle is won, right? So it's a pretty exciting movie. I encourage you to have a look at it. Well, maybe not. But anyway, um, we can look at Jesus, the Son of God, sent to earth, a baby born in a manger to transform the whole world into knowing who God truly is, to defeat the enemy and his evil plans and schemes. So just as the Autobots brought hope to earth in the movie, because that's what they did, they brought hope that they were going to beat these filthy Decepticons, right? You know, Decepticons, deceivers. Interesting, right? However, let's really understand here that it is only a movie, okay? And Jesus, our Messiah, brings eternal hope and eternal life to a dying world, and that is real. That is real. The Father's plan is that all humans would be transformed into the image of our Christ Jesus. However, he did not create robots, in us or cars that change into robots at least I don't think so anyway but humans that have a choice to accept him and want to be transformed or not he hasn't said you need to be transformed he wants us to be transformed he hopes that we would become more and more 
like Jesus day by day. We make Jesus visible in our lives through the way we live, through the way we serve. People see him when they interact with us when we do those two things. Indeed, there is a strong connection between Christ in likeness and mission. Christ's likeness leads to mission and mission is meaningless without Christ likeness. We need to have that Christ likeness. God works both in us and through us. He wants to do that. And he will do that if we so want him to. It is because he works in us that he is also able to work through us. When Christ dwells in us, he is incarnated in our lives, our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our actions, in our words and in our relationships. And we are not always going to get it right. But we do serve an amazingly forgiving God who when we are repentant and we come back to him, he wipes that slate clean. Now that's not saying you can go commit the same sin over and over and over again and just expect grace and forgiveness all the time because there comes a point where God says, you have made your bed. So now you will lie in it until you return. Just like the prodigal son, right? So as we continue to approach him regularly, as we continue to go to God regularly, obey him, learn from him and imitate him in action and in attitude, our relation with him will grow. It's like a father and a daughter, a father and a son relationship. And we will begin to resemble him, to be transformed. Now, it sounds easier than it is said and done, isn't it? I've had a few testing times over the past few weeks, even with cars. I went to pick up our turkey yesterday, side note. And um, it was at Goodwood Meats, and I have to admit, they sell really nice turkeys there. And as I, I didn't see this lady who was wanting to pull out of her car park, but I decided that I was going to reverse park next to hers because I was avoiding getting my car dinged. So as I was reversing, she beeped once and I thought, oh, there's a lady there. But because I actually couldn't turn around and get out of her way, I had to continue reversing into this park. Well, it ended up, long story short, her beeping at me so loudly, constantly and yelling at her window, like explicits, telling me I was going to hit her car. And I'm like, so I wound my window down because I couldn't change what I was doing. I had to follow through. And I turned around and I, and I got my window. I said, calm down. It's the first thing I told her to do. Calm down. And you know, you tell anyone to do that, only makes them worse, right? So then the beeping got worse. And then I leaned even further out the window. I said, can you just, I was so embarrassed because there were so many people in the car park. Anyway, can you just give me a minute to reverse my car into the park? And she's like, you're going to hit my car. I went, no. I have a really good camera. I'm not going to hit your car. It's going to tell me if I'm going to hit you. It won't happen. Anyway, as I reversed in, she, I think she realized, and then she calmed down. I said, look, just, just, just calm down a minute. I'm like, I'm not going to hit your car. I wasn't going to hit your car. I thought you were going to hit my car. I'm like, I wasn't going to hit your car. But can you believe what's going on in car parks at the moment? Mate, people just need to take a breath. Go to Madagascar on a one-way trip. Anyway. So, oh, come on. Some people seriously need to, like, unless they transformed, I believe. Some people are just angry about anything. But with Christ, he can give us the peace 
and the understanding. I'm amazed I was so calm with this lady. I didn't get out of my car and scream at her or anything. I was the pastor. I'm meant to be. And I was just so calm. I was. I was. Anyway, it's probably what gave me the migraine. Anyway, right. So I'm going to read that one more time. As we continue to approach him regularly, obey him, learn from him and imitate him in action, attitude, our relationship with him will grow and we will begin to resemble him to be transformed. So this is exactly what God wants for us to be, conformed to the image of the Son. In Romans 8.29, it tells us this. For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. Now grab that for a minute. And ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he would be the firstborn, the most beloved and honoured among many believers and transformed into his image. We're meant to be in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it says, And we all with unveiled face, continually seeing as in the mirror the glory of God of the Lord, are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, one day when Jesus returns, it also tells us in 1 John 3, 2, we shall be like him. Okay? He says, beloved, in 1 John 3, 2, beloved, you are even here and now children of God, and it is not yet made clear that we will be after his coming. We know that when he comes and is revealed, we will, as his children, be like him because we will see him just as he is in all his glory. What an amazing verse. You know, when we are transformed into Christ's likeness, it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us in in Galatians 2.20. So our will becomes his will. Our heart beats in rhythm with his Our minds think his thoughts. Our mouths speak his words. Our hands perform his actions. And our feet where he directs. I'm sorry, but that just made me laugh. I've got to go back. Okay, so I went to another place with with the, I was sort of coming around the corner. And she quickly pulled out in front of me. And I didn't think she saw me. So I beat my horn. And she gave me the bird talking about our hands would do what his, she was not doing what God would do. Anyway, so that just came into mind when I read that. But our hands will do what, what, what will perform his actions and our feet go where he directs. He becomes visible in our lives. We do not become passive automatons like transformers in this process. However, in a mysterious way, we will become united with him such that he manifests in our lives without us losing our individuality. Don't you love God for that? He wants you be you to be an individual, yourself. He doesn't want you to be anyone else but more like Christ. But he loves you and your character the way it is. Some things we do need to change, but in, God loves us to be individuals. So when Christ lives in us, we learn to do what he wants. We will reflect his character in all our actions and relationships. And we will fulfill his mission by extending his ministry and kingdom through our lives here on earth. And this is true transformation. In the Old Testament, you could have, have, you could have a religious faith. Okay, there's nothing wrong with it, but it was a religious faith. It was based on laws, regulations and rules. Right? But when Jesus came, we have a transforming faith. One based on relationship, worship, and prayer. 
the best day of my life, this is a bit of a testimony here, was when I accepted Jesus into my life. It was the best day of my life. It has been a journey and I'm not, it's not always been an easy one. But I know the hope that he has given me goes beyond anything this world can offer me. That hope. Anything this world can offer me. I'm proud today to say that I am being transformed into the image of Christ. And I never look back on that. And I will never take it lightly because it is an honour to say that I am a daughter of the King. An adopted daughter in the Kingdom of God. And I can say today that any of us... That, that have accepted him into our lives would not take this opportunity lightly if you're a son or a daughter of the king. Because we have been transformed from darkness to light, from death to eternity. We are blessed. You know, I know that I'm not perfect or anywhere near that. And those who are closest to me would say that this is the case. However, I continue to press on towards the goal, to run this race well, very best that I can. And even if I stumble, I push on. Even if I bruise and scrape my spiritual knees, I will stand and run this race because we are more than conquerors and we will overcome this life to the next. If we walk the narrow road and we find that narrow gate, which tells us in Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. You know, I think of a butterfly, hence what you see there, a caterpillar being transformed into a beautiful butterfly after a season of being contained and fed in that little brown thing there called a chrysalis. God knows a specific time for you and I to spread our wings. Even if we are impatient, we need to be patient because He knows. He is a great God. And we need to exemplar, to explicitly trust only in him and not try and make things happen through our own hands or our own decisions. Because his goal is to transform us into the image of Christ. And one day we'll stand before him and sing, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Just before we finish today, I don't need anyone up just yet. I just want to talk about three things quickly about being transformed takes place by. Number one, we need to surrender our old ways. In Philippians 2.13 it says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Can you see that? God is at work in you. It's not your strength. Both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. How good is that? That's from the Wordy Bible, by the way, the Amplified, which I do love. You know, I consider myself quite serious and organized. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a list queen. I love to be organized as much as I can. The type of person who knows exactly what to do at the perfect time and has their whole future thoroughly planned out. So, it was difficult to give up my tight grip on making my own plans when I came to Christ. But I eventually realized it was by the grace, the mercy and unconditional love of God that I hadn't planned for that brought me to experience him in the first place. 
it was a, it was a miracle night when I found him. And he wasn't going to let me leave that room until I knew him. It was this hope that grew and sincere love for trust in God in me, which helped me fully surrender and allow him to, to furnish and rearrange my life plans because I know he is a God that knows the best for me. Number two, so not only do we need to surrender our ways, we need daily dependence. We cannot live this life without him. We need him for everything. We cannot do it. We can try. We can make poor choices. We can make decisions where we have to go back and fix things. But the truth is we need him in everything. Romans 12, 1-2, some of my favourite verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and willing, uh, um, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be transformed and do not be conformed, I mean, to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. You know, I'd always imagine to to uh, always imagine life to be superficial, ending with the life I have here on earth, some a superficial way of ending. So I directed all my efforts towards being relevant now, with no regard for any long-term consequences. After my conversion to Christ, though, however, I found a new eternal perspective on life. My approach to earthly matters changed as I adopted a view of my life that encompasses my past and my eternal future. An eternal mindset challenged me to daily pour out my life as a living sacrifice, to dedicate all of myself to a life that is well-pleasing to God and focusing on godly values, not worldly ones. I need God's daily help to be diligent in good works, consistent in the study of his word, persistent in prayer, and fervent in supplication. If you don't know what supplication means, it actually means the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. With that comes a new passion and drive for communion with God through the presence of His Spirit in me. The love, the joy and the peace of God fills my heart and compels me and develops my character as the Holy Spirit produces fruit in me, as in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I can say that right now for me, but I know every person in this room right now who knows Jesus has those very same thoughts. Number three, we need to serving, it's by serving others we are transformed. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 to 2 says, So then let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees and administrators of the mysteries of God that he chooses to reveal. In this case, moreover, it is required as essential and demanded of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. You know, I've come to understand that as a believer in Christ, I'm expected to use everything I have. My time, my money, my resources, my talents, my abilities, 
and my spiritual gifts for the service of him who saved me and gave himself up for me. Again, in Galatians 2.20. I need to use my God-given resources for others instead of my own selfish pursuits. What I think is best for me or what I want. Even now, I continue to seek opportunities to serve by leading people to build a relationship with Jesus, to worship him, by equipping and releasing believers. As I serve, God is working in me to develop a cheerful heart, a thankful attitude, a joyful countenance, and reminding me that even this service is part of his eternal mission. And the same is for you. I must be faithful in this service to the body of Christ, but also share with those outside the faith the good news that has so radically transformed my entire life. Considering this a form of service, we have all been called to, to share what he has done for you. Now, I'm just going to ask um, Olivia or up now as I just conclude. God has called each one of us into a new life, characterized by change in different aspects and in different measures. By embracing this transformation, we are able to live a life of purpose and gradually mature, and I say gradually because it does take time, into the image of Christ. I don't believe we will be fully mature 